right, we've switched. <laughs> I thought we were. St I thought I could. Mm. <laughs> I was. I thought we were still at the uh, introduction screen. I switched over to the uh, to the main screen, and here I am fiddling around with your your uh, video window. Good evening. Oh wait. Mm, let's go. Mess up everything. Good evening, everyone. Broadcasting live. Welcome to our live broadcast. There, I managed to mess up the whole introduction. So this evening we are looking at Anguttara Nikaya Book of Threes, Sutta 150. 156 in Bhikkhu Bodhi's book, 157 in the Pali. The Achelaka uh, Vagga? I don't know. Yeah, Achelaka Vagga. The three types of practice. This is a simple teaching. I don't know that there's that much to say about it, but it's worth noting. The Buddha mentions three types of practice. Agalha Patipada. The practice that is coarse or rough. Coarse may be the best. Nijhama Patipada, number two. Nijhama means... Jhama means burning, the inflamed, Bhikkhu Bodhi says blistering practice. And number three, Majima Patibada, the middle practice. There are these three types of practice, he says. The coarse practice, the burning practice, and the middle practice or moderate. We don't really have a good translation of Majima. Majima means middling or in the middle. But it can also mean moderate or uh, just right. Center practice. Centered practice. Maybe that's a good one. Centered. But it has different connotations in English that probably don't, don't uh, hold up in the Pali. So what are these three practices? The, the course practice is the practice of a person, the Buddha says, a person who has the view thus, nati kame sudoso. There is no fault in sensuality. There's nothing wrong with chasing after sensual pleasures. Hedonism, it's all good. You only live once, eat, drink, and be merry. That's the best way to live. Best way to live, try to always get what you want. So kame apajanti. Such a person indulges in sensual pleasures. This is called the coarse way of practice. 
So this type of practice is probably probably the most common well it's probably the most common of all types of practice the practice of indulging in sensuality it's what we do when we're children and then we try to do it as much as possible uh, generally as adults though it's tempered by the knowledge that we can't always get what we want and that we have to work for it the realization that there's a price that comes to the things that we want but we still try and pay the price and get what we want I think there's nothing wrong with it this is why it's very difficult to come and practice this type of meditation because it's hard to see that there's anything wrong with with just doing what you want you know why would you want to uh, avoid or or prevent the mind from giving rise to the desires when the desires are what lead to the pleasure no. the pleasures are what make us happy that's what people think so that's the first type of practice second type of practice is the burning practice and burning there's a there's a double meaning here because in india even before the buddha there was this practice called tapas Tapas means to burn. And I've talked about this before. If you know anything about Indian uh, yogis or sadhus or siddhis or rishis, this kind of thing, uh, they practice tapas. Tapas means to burn up the defilements. The idea was you could torture yourself. You do something that's extreme and it would burn up all the defilements with the power of it. Right? So competition sports in modern times we were just talking this morning about people who do gymnastics all the, these olympic uh I'm, i don't watch the olympics of course but uh, we were talking with a woman who was watching and i was just saying you know really these young children who are pushed into it and then it, they really push themselves quite hard and can can really hurt themselves but there's a you know but but they push themselves very hard that's the point people who work very hard this is the kind of thing where people have the idea that the best way to live is to work really hard. Work yourself to the bone. Work your fingers to the bone. Uh, work very, very hard and that's the good life. You've done something worthwhile. You've worked really hard. I think that's along the same lines as burning. You, know, you feel like you've, you've burned the midnight oil. No, you've, you've, uh, you've created energy you've focused energy on something and you've created something through the power of the burning of your energy but uh, of course the most extreme example is those people who actually do undertake to torture themselves so the Buddha lists a whole bunch here he says someone goes naked someone licks their hands I don't know what that's all about it's apparently a practice not coming when asked so they wouldn't um, something to do with coming uh, coming for food someone says oh please come and receive alms they wouldn't if you didn't bring the food to them they wouldn't eat it they wouldn't stop some people not stopping when asked so if they say please stop and I'll give you some food no keep walking and if you don't just put it in their hands as they're walking I mean, the idea is to get very little to make it very hard on yourself because who's going to want to give to some guy who doesn't stop right let alone doesn't doesn't come you know he doesn't even stop 
He doesn't accept food brought or food specially made. He receives nothing from a pot, from a bowl, across a threshold, across a stick, across a pestle. From two eating together, he wouldn't accept from two people. All these crazy rules. From a pregnant woman, from a woman nursing a child, because you know, the idea would be he would be taking from the child, I guess. From a woman being kept by a man, so no, no one who's engaging in sexual activity. From where food is advertised, so no, if someone says, oh, there's food, adver food here, can't go. From where a dog is waiting, if a dog is waiting, you don't want to take the food from the dog. Where flies are buzzing, so even if there are flies who are waiting to get the food, you won't accept it. Accepting no fish or meat, that's an interesting one. Um, it's one of the few examples where the Buddha actually sort of discusses this, because it seems to be not a proper practice. But here's an interesting one. The last one is he drinks no liquor, wine, or fermented brew. Which is kind of baffling because that's actually proper practice. I'm not sure why that one's in there. Um, but it may be that they think, you know, somehow by not drinking alcohol, something special comes from them. Comes from that. Because nothing special comes. It's just it's a stupid thing to do, but it doesn't mean you're going to become enlightened just because you're keeping that rule. But of course, you know, if you don't keep the rule, chances of becoming enlightened pretty slim. And it goes on and on. Uh, seven houses, seven morsels, lives on one saucer a day, two saucers a day, takes food once a day, once every seven days. He takes food at stated intervals. He eats only type, this certain type of food. He wears only certain types of robes, bark fabric. And how interesting this is. He even eat, even might wear a covering made of owl's wings. He pulls out his hair. There, there were actually people in the Buddha's time, I guess, that were the way they would go forth is they would get a special comb and it would they would they would twist up your hair and yank it out. Apparently, they would put two boards on your shoulders, take a big pit and put you in the pit, and then put two boards on your shoulders and stand on the boards and yank out all your hair. Stands continuously rejecting seats. Anyway, you get the idea. Tormenting and mortifying the body. This is called the blistering way. I like the burning way of practice. And what is the middle way of practice? Well, I think we all know what that is, but let's spell it out. It's ac he actually doesn't mention the Eightfold Noble Path. And here's, an, uh, here's an, a good example of how uh, the Eightfold Noble Path, there's something that can be used synonymously for it, and that's the four Satipatthana. Four Satipatthana are really the key to the Eightfold Noble Path, and it's a way of, it can be used to replace actually mentioning the whole path. Just talk about mindfulness. Gaye Gaya Anupasi Viharati, he dwells being mindful of the body, in the body. Atapi, effortful, energetic. Atapi instantly comes from, again, the, the root tap, which is tapas, which has to do with burning. Sampajano, seeing clearly satima, remembering, recognizing, no, remembering may be the best. Vineya loke abhijja domanasang, having given up, or giving up, greed and anger in the world. Vedana suvedana nupasi viharati, and vedana as well. So the body is the first one. Vedana, any Vedana, a pleasant Vedana, pleasant feeling, an unpleasant feeling, a neutral feeling. 
Chitte Jitanupasi Viharati and dwells with the mind, seeing the mind as mind. Atapi Sampachanu Satima Dhammi Sudhammanupasi and the Dhammas, all the many types of Dhammas, the Nivarana Dhammas, the Indriya, the Khanda, all the Dhammas. Dhammas. Well, basically start with the starting with the hindrances, liking, disliking, drowsiness, distraction, doubt, the faculties of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking, breaking reality up into Dhammas. Interestingly, he actually goes on. Um, I didn't read on, but the the next sutta, so this is one fifty seven, one fifty eight, replaces the four satipatthana with another way of looking at the middle way, and it's the four right efforts. Idipada. No, four. Why does it say idipada? Is it idipada? Wait, no, then they're not the four right efforts. Chandang, Viryang, Upadhanam, Chandang, Viniti, Upadhanam. No, it's not. Why does he translate? Oh, am I looking at the wrong one? Wait, that was right. That was fifty-six, one fifty-six. Right, I get it. So one fifty-seven is the four four right efforts. So instead of the four satipatthana, it could be framed in terms of the four right efforts. It doesn't have to be the four satipatthana. The four right efforts are non-arisen generates uh, in interest in the non-arising of unarisen bad, unwholesome states. The abandoning of arisen unwholesome states, the arising of unarisen wholesome states, and the maintenance of arisen wholesome states for their non-decline, increase, expansion, fulfillment by development. The right efforts. Now, the four idipada is another way. So there's chanda, which is you, to, to succeed you need effort. Oh no, you need uh, interest. Sorry, virya, you need effort. Jitta, uh, you need to keep your mind on the object, on the practice. And Vimangsa, you have to be able to investigate and discriminate. Or it could be understood as the five faculties. Sadha, you need confidence. Virya, you need effort, mindfulness, concentration, wisdom. 
or it could be the seven bodhjangas. He actually gives a whole list, and this is the this is actually the uh, thirty-seven bodhipakya dhammas. So what we're seeing here is actually um, the thirty-seven. There are these thirty-seven qualities uh, that are you know all these lists. When you add them up, it it adds up to thirty-seven. You've got the four satipatthana, you got the four right efforts, you got the four. Um, basis for success that's 12 then you got the five faculties you got the five powers which are basically the five faculties so I mean it's the same list so that's 22 and then you've got the seven factors of enlightenment mindfulness discrimination energy rapture tranquility concentration and equanimity that's 29 and then you've got the eightfold noble path right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. And what it means is each one of these lists can is what is a way of looking at the the path of practice. I was on Reddit recently, the past few days of just um saw saw something. There's a Buddhism Reddit uh, and I was was looking and I saw a th uh, thread about meditation and someone asked a question so I answered it and then I answered another one and someone was saying how uh, dana is necessary for the path, path. Uh, and this is a good example is that dana is not in here you won't find dana in any of these as far as I can see I mean dana is a practice that's useful but it's not necessary it's not essential not like these are, it's in a different category. Metta is another one. People say metta bhavana is necessary. It's not really. You really only need all of these. And it's based on the four satipatthana. The only one that really gives actual, like an actual object of meditation or an actual thing to do is the four satipatthana. The rest of these are uh, qualities, really. So uh, it's a good example of what the 37 Bodhipakya Dhamma is what's necessary. But it's based all on the Satipatthana, really, which is in turn basically the five aggregates. That's where our meditation should be based. Anyway, so I thought this was interesting because it's one of the few examples where the Buddha actually does talk about the middle way in this way as the, the between these two extremes of sensual indulgence and self-torture it's actually not something the Buddha talks about often but it's it's probably um, got the highest ratio or the highest relative you know comparatively speaking f uh, for the little that it's actually mentioned in the suttas it's probably the most well-known like related to how many compared to how often it's actually mentioned it's it's really quite popular probably the most popular in that regard for how little it's mentioned um, and I think this is one of the few examples of where that's that's deserved I mean mostly you would want to say if the Buddha didn't talk about something very often it's not very important so like dana is something that the Buddha talked about but not really in fact, he did talk about it quite a bit, or it's in the Tipitaka quite a bit, but not in the not in the way of this is you know the essence of the path. It's just it's a good thing to do, and he talked quite often about it. 
but um, you know there there are practices that didn't really get all that much attention, and so sometimes people pick up one sutta and say, "Oh, this is what the Buddha taught," when in fact didn't teach it that often. Um, but this one, I think, is deserved. It was the first thing he taught, even though the people he was teaching to were quite a special audience. But uh, it also, you know, really captures. Well, it captures the Buddha's practice himself, the Bodhisattva's practice, how he became enlightened. And it well sums up sort of the, the, the things we can do. We can either ignore spiritual practice or we can practice all wrong. And there's only one path that cuts through both of these. Because usually we're either one or the other. We're either not practicing at all or we're practicing we're only end up wasting our time. So the Buddha's teaching is the middle way. And really it's important to keep this in mind because otherwise you start to think that things like metta are, are the path or dana is the path, and they're not really. The path is for satipatthana. It's, it's really quite clear. And then all these other ones that you build off of that. Of course, there are many other practices that can support that, but they can never replace the four satipatthana because the four satipatthana are are the five khandas, the five aggregates, their reality. I mean, if you don't know what I'm talking about, for those of you who aren't familiar with all this terminology, it just means real reality, experience. Another way to look at it is seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking, because those are the six doors where the five aggregates arise. If you learn about the five aggregates, each one of them arises at the eye door, the ear door, the nose, the tongue, the body, or the mind. So it's basically just talking about experience. The point is, the only way you can become enlightened is to m meditate on experience and cultivate mindfulness based on reality. So, that's our Dhamma for tonight. hope that was useful. So, got the technical side, not very, not off to a good start, but I think the Dhamma went over okay. Let's unmute Robin. Hi Robin, good evening. Hello Mate. We have some questions. We do, huh? Is it mostly Tibetan monks that are from Nepal? What are your thoughts on Tibetan monks? I don't think about them much at all, sorry. Sir, in your book that you mentioned, Noting gives rise to clear thought and therefore clear awareness. What is the difference between A, self-talk, B, clear thought, C, clear awareness, and D, normal thought? I don't know what self-talk is. Clear thought, clear awareness. Well, the clear thought would be a reference to sati, the actual act of reminding yourself, the mantra. You know, any type of mantra meditation is creating a clear thought. And that leads to the clear awareness. After, you know, when you use the clear thought, it creates clear awareness. I mean, they could also be used synonymously. I'm just, create, I'm just using these words, trying to explain what we're trying to do. Because a normal thought, the last one you ask, this is a pretty good question. You can explain to me what the first one is. But uh, a normal thought is a reaction thought. You know, you, you see something and say, oh, that's nice, or that's unpleasant, or that's me, that's mine. So instead we replace that with a clear thought, this is this. This isn't nice, this isn't me, this is mine, this is seeing. 
and that's the difference it's clear because it's objective and it's clear because it's real there's nothing nice about when you see something that's all or especially when you say this is me this is a person this is something that I this reminds me of something in the past or that kind of thing It looks like there are some examples. Mm. For example, we are noting the sight of a person. At one level, at one, at what level do we stop frequency, color, and intensity of the light coming from the person, therefore identifying just the silhouette of the person, or B, difference in frequency, intensity from various parts of his body, therefore identifying the parts of the body, see how the parts of the body no, 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 I'm not going to go there. You stop at seeing. When you see, you stop at seeing. When you know that you're seeing, that's enough. Don't worry about the particulars. You're overthinking it, way overthinking it. That's actually quite impressive. <laughs> seeing is just seeing. If you go start to go deeper, you're, you have to say thinking, thinking. Hello, Bhante. I wonder if you could help me with my meditation practice. I'm trying to be mindful through the whole day, but as a student, I have a hard time listening carefully to my teacher while being mindful at the same time. Yet, I am not able to manage to say hearing, 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 and listen carefully. Do you have any advice for that? Thanks in advance, and greetings from Germany. Um, you're not going to, I mean, it's not meditation. If you're trying to learn something, you're trying to study, you have to study. So you won't always be meditating. Try and find times when you can meditate. I mean, there'll be times during the talk where you can remember that you're stressed or that you're, you have a headache or, or that you're tired or that you have pain in the, in the body or that kind of thing, or it feels hot or it feels cold, or even just that you're sitting. Just remember that you're sitting. Or wanting, wanting to be mindful. Mm, worried about being mindful. Stressed about it. Question. I feel like shouting. This is hard work. Bhante, there are lots of experiences of mildest, mildish pain in my forehead. I have trouble discerning whether or not there is liking or disliking there, as they are fairly mild. I'm actually quite unclear about the experience of disliking and liking. I get to the noting of, say, pain or anger or fear, then I can't distinguish if there's liking or disliking. Is this lack of clarity normal when beginning meditation? Yeah, I mean, you're probably, again, overthinking it and, and there's worry. The mind is very tricky, you know. By the time you're actually wondering about that, your mind has tricked you in a new way. You, you probably actually got it right, you know. You said pain, pain, and then suddenly your mind starts to worry about, did I do it right? That's another habit. That's a habit that you have to be, you have to catch. And when you're worried about it, or, or frustrated about it, or so on, uh, you have to note that. When you're doubting about it, whatever that is, there's nothing. You know, it's not magic. It's fine if you say pain. That's fine. You don't have to know that you're disliking. If you know that you're disliking, then you'd say disliking. I mean, try to keep it. So when you know that this is what you're experiencing, just remind yourself that's all it is. That's the idea. The idea is to, to stop your mind from making more of it. There's this thing called papancha that I don't talk about nearly enough, and it really is the key to the whole problem. The Buddha didn't talk about it much at all but either, but 
It's really a crucial little thing. Papancha is this extrapolating of things. I mean, I guess I do talk about it. It's the reaction. But it really means making more out of something than it actually is. And that's all we're trying to do. By reminding ourselves, we're, we're feeding the loop back into itself so it doesn't get anything, it doesn't go outside of what it really is. But yeah, it's hard work. It's meant to be hard work, and that's a good sign. If it got really easy, then you'd have to wonder whether you were really meditating. I had one, one meditator recently, and I don't know if he's listening here, so apologies, I'm not trying to embarrass him but or them, but uh, they were just doing sitting meditation, and, and they were having a great time with it, and I didn't realize it. And I said, oh, well, you have to do walking. And they said, well, they do a little bit of walking, but very little. I forced them to do walking, and their whole practice changed, and suddenly it was very difficult and unpleasant and frustrating. I said, oh, good. Now you get to see what's really going on. Now you get a real challenge. We want to make it hard. We want to make it challenging so that we can become stronger. You know, that's what you do when you train. When you train in, in sports, I mean, what do they do? They push themselves, try and see what they can handle. But this is mental, you know. We're trying to push our minds to see how much we can handle. Maybe it's like what soldiers do push their minds so that they can be more tolerant. You know, we just have a much more streamlined, it'd be probably very effective if soldiers were to put this into practice. They could probably be you know, just the best soldiers. When I was uh, tree planting as a meditator, you know, I was uh, doing meditation in the evenings and tree planting during the day, and I was just like a machine. Because, you, you know, you can be so focused and, and undistracted by any, no distractions whatsoever. You can't find the live video on YouTube. What page do you look for the live link? Hmm. Can't find a live video on YouTube. I don't know. I don't ever watch it. Uh, but I have a link for you. Let me see, where is it? It's, uh, well, you just go to my channel. You should probably see it, no? I mean, isn't it right in my channel? Yeah. Yeah, when I go to YouTube, to your page, I, I mean, it actually has a little red rectangle that says live now. So it kind of jumps out as long as you're on YouTube YouTube channel. Yeah, there's a... I mean, it gives me a link on my dashboard to tell me to give that link to people. But I'm assuming if you just go to... In fact, you know, it's funny, they've changed it now, but you can still go to the old one. YouTube.com front slash Yutadamo still works. If you go there, it just now redirects you to the new channel. But I've, I've hopefully permanently got this... Uh, what do they call... Uh, Vanity URL or something. YouTube.com front slash Yutadamo. That's me. Facebook.com front slash Yutadamo. Twitter.com front slash Yutadamo. You missed one though. Did you not get the first question? Is it not there on your page? I did miss one. I'm sorry about that. How do we practice Chitta Vipassana when walking meditation? It feels like only Vedana Vipassana is possible during walking meditation as the feeling of foot movement is too strong to look after the mind or Chitta Vipassana 
and if we do so, we lose mindfulness of the walking process. Okay, you're you're miss you're you're confusing Vedana with Rup with with Kaya. What you're talking about is actually Kaya Nupasana. It sounds like you might have you might have a Goenka background because he talks a lot about sensations, and I think some of his students get it mixed up because it's not Vedana. Vedana is is feelings of pleasure, pain, or calm. There's five types of feelings, really. I mean, there's Vedana in there, but that's not what you're experiencing. What you're experiencing are the, are the datus, the, the rupas, kaya nupasana, the movement of the body. When you move your foot, that's kaya. Anyway, I suppose that's not really your question. But you're asking how you how you practice jitta nupasana. Well, while you're doing that, there's, I mean, first of all, you're aware of the mind being aware, you know, the mind going out to the body. And you're aware that the mind is impermanent, and the knowledge the knowing of the moving arises and ceases. So the, the movement arises and ceases, and the knowing arises and ceases. The knowing doesn't last longer than the moving, of course, and uh, the, the, uh, the knowing doesn't start until the movement starts. So they arise and they cease together. That's the mind. But of course, you can also be mindful of uh, the thoughts. So if, you start, if you're walking and you start thinking, then you should stop walking. I mean, you don't always have to do this, but if you really get distracted, then you would stop and stand still and say thinking, thinking. That would be a good practice. But for sure, as you're doing walking, you're going to be aware of all four. Although, you know, technically you'd only be practicing Kaya Nupasana. So Jitta Nupasana, you'd have to stop. And Dhamma Nupasana, you'd stop. And if you were angry or frustrated or if you wanted something or if you were tired or distracted or worried or so or if you see or hear or smell or taste in reference to self-talk it is the constant voice inside the head mm. I guess from your answer it is the normal thought mm. in reference to the note in question when you say seeing what am I seeing just the frequency and intensity of light coming out of the object is that all my question was then, what use is it to just stop at noting the light? Yeah, it's not about the frequency and intensity of the light, it's just the... the, 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 the no, I, mean, I still think it's you're going a little bit too de detailed into it. It's seeing. You know, do you, can you not distinguish seeing from hearing? When you see something, that's seeing. Um, but as to why that's useful, well, that's, you know, hopefully, I, I'd hope that my book actually explained that, but, um, you know, the idea, and I've explained it, you know, I explain it often. Noting helps you, um, you know, it prevents you from extrapolating, it prevents you from judging. You only experience things as they are, you, you don't react to them. It's a replacement for the reactions. That's what the use of it is. Noting seems to wake up my daughter when she's sleeping. Is this common? And other than moving farther away, do you have any suggestions? That's really bizarre. I'm sorry, Doug, you asked me this a long time ago and I never answered because I don't really have an answer. Uh, except to say that I can't, it's, it's difficult to believe. I guess I should just believe it, you know, you say it. But, well, have you thought that it might just be coincident? 
I guess I'm sure you've been through this and it's just too often to be coincidence but I guess there could be you know there can also be some karma you know involved it might just be karma because there are stories about this where people are blocked from doing good things and then every time they try to do something something gets in their way and it can just be some strange karma that you have she might not even be feeling the vibes it's just the universe is set up to you know you've set up the universe your universe to to get in your way it's a very interesting thing to hear about but you know you everyone gets this to some extent you try to go to and do a meditation course and then something comes up or you do a meditation course and something terrible happens to you you know there's things that get in your way uh, stop you from changing your paths they, they box you in we get boxed in by our karma and it's quite common actually yeah, you said that as well really bizarre well maybe you should meditate uh, beside your, your daughter and if she wakes up just you know, meditate by looking after her sounds like it's a karma that you have to work through I mean that whether it is her actually recognizing in the mind somehow getting on a vibe and knowing that you're meditating which would be a bizarre reason to wake up um, you know, it's still karma it's just the situation that you're in so you have to do babysitting meditation baby care meditation child care meditation Bhante is self-mortification caused by the third fetter, Silabata Paramasam. That's a good question. Self-mortification. I mean, yes, many of those are. But the question is whether it has to be. I mean, I think that might not be the complete proper way of looking at it it's not caused by that sila but the paramasa is just one of the things that uh, one one gives up as a sotapanna right um, but you could just as well say that it comes from wrong view sila but the paramasa is practices I'm just trying to think of if there's a way that you could frame it that it's not Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it, you, you could say that, well, just practicing too hard. So if you meditate too much or push yourself too hard in meditation, it's not really sila bhatta paramasa. Sila bhatta, sila are, are uh, rules or precepts. And bhatta, vata is um, like um, practices. So it's the negative and the positive. Not doing certain things that are, have nothing to do with the practice and doing things that have nothing to do with the path. So I don't think that torturing yourself necessarily has to fall under one of those, but it, it usually does, right? But simply torturing yourself, because you can torture yourself, torture yourself by pushing yourself too hard. Anyway, I, I, don't, I don't think, that's not how I would look at that. See, the Bhatta Paramasa is something you give up, but what causes these things are moha, usually moha 
видите the third fetter is caused by that fetter is caused by avidya and so on Okay, what is the list of fetters? How many how many are listed? Or ten. So Asodapana gets rid of uh, three. That's Sakayaditi, wrong view of self or view of yeah, view of self basically. Silabata Paramasa is uh, uh, wrong practices, attachment to wrong practices, practices that have nothing to do with the path, thinking that they have to do with the path. But both precepts and practices um, and vichikicha means doubt, doubt about what is the right practice, doubt about the Buddha, that kind of thing um, an anagami, a sakadagami weakens the next two fetters which are kama chanda and patiga kama chanda is desire for sensuality and patiga is aversion but they don't, they don't cut them off an anagami cuts off kama chanda and patika. Uh, so this is based most greed and anger. Greed and anger relating to sensuality. But an anagami can still get, can still have attachment and I think aversion. But it's aversion and attachment to becoming. So it's. Um, I think they are. Let me see. Bhavaraga, Vibhavaraga. I'm mixing the lists up. Ruparaga, Aruparaga, I can't remember. Arahant gets rid of the other five. So the two of them are in regards to desire and aversion for becoming, and then the other three are conceit, distraction, and ignorance. So an arahant, only an arahant gets rid of conceit, er, uh, distraction, and ignorance, and desire and aversion towards becoming. It's kind of discouraging that you, you have your ignorance all the way through arahant. I would think that would be one of the first to go, but... No, if you still, if you had, if you had no ignorance, you, you know, that's the key is, if you had no ignorance, if you, if you had perfect knowledge, and there was nothing that you were ignorant about, or if you weren't ignorant about the Four Noble Truths, you, you would never give rise to, to an awesomeness. Thank you, Bhakti. As in torturing yourself, thinking it will lead to liberation. That's Sanka's follow-up question. And Doug's mm. follow-up question was, with his daughter noting it's so frequent that his wife doesn't want to meditate in the house. Yeah. I'm curious, how, how far away, Doug, how far away do you have to be before this doesn't happen? <laughs> good question. So interesting. I'm going to end it there.
wishing Doug all the best in his meditation endeavors and his child-rearing endeavors and his family endeavors. What do you think of the, the, the Dharma wheel? You can't see it, I guess, Robin. There's I don't a, see it right there's now. There's a Dhamma no. wheel Is right here. I'll have to check out YouTube right after. Actually, I was noticing on YouTube, you can't actually see these live streams right away. There seems to be a delay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've, I see a delay of about five seconds, maybe. No, I mean, um, when the live stream is over, uh -huh. you can't oh. actually watch it for, I think, I don't know, I actually went to bed and it was probably an hour had gone by and it didn't well, seem to be up yet. They process it. Okay. They do some... Yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's like, it, that's like that with all videos, really. Any video that I upload, although these are longer, so they tend to take longer. They process it. They process it in different formats as well. Okay, I guess I just didn't notice it back with the, the previous version. Hmm. Okay, so that's all for tonight. Thank you, thank you, Robin. Thanks everyone for coming out.